You are listening to Elisha Space Podcast. In this space, we discuss mental health awareness issues and topics of faith. I'm your host, Elisha Lee. Today, we welcome Heather Creekmore. She writes and speaks hope to thousands of women each week, inspiring them to stop comparing and start living. Her first book, Compared to Who, encourages women to uncover the spiritual root of body image issues and find freedom. Her new release, The Burden of Better, offers women a journey into the depths of God's grace to find a way off the treadmill of constant comparison. Heather has been featured on Fox News, HuffPost, Morning Dose, Church Leaders, For Every Mom, along with dozens of other shows and podcasts. But she's best recognized from her appearance as a contestant on the Netflix hit show, Nailed It. Heather and her fighter pilot turned pastor husband, Eric, have four children and live in Austin, Texas. So let's get started. Hello, thank you for joining Elisha Space. I am super excited to um, have Heather Creekmore with us today. Heather has the ministry called Compared to Who, and it uncovers the spiritual roots of body image for women and just allows us to find freedom. We are so precious in our Father's eyes, and it allows sometimes the things of the world kind of get mixed up with the our perceptions of how we should look. And that's her calling and ministry. So I just want to welcome you, Heather, to this, um, to the podcast and for joining us. Um, thank you so much for coming in today. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Elisha. It's a pleasure to talk to you and to be here. Fantastic. It, it Fantastic. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and just ask uh, some of the questions. Um, what exactly happened? What? How did the Lord lead you to this ministry? Well, you know, it's interesting. Of all the things I ever thought I would be doing, probably last on the list is talking about body image issues, right? <laughs> like this is the stuff that no one ever wants to talk about out loud. Like, I don't know, you probably experience it in your counseling practice where people come in and they're kind of forced to talk about it. But outside right. of that realm, this is not something women or men enjoy discussing. And no. um, <laughs> so, so I'm just as surprised <laughs> to be here as anyone. But, but really the truth is, I guess it was about six and a half years ago now, I felt like God was prompting me to write a book. And mm. I decided I was going to write a book on marriage because I had been married, oh, I don't know, nine years at that point. And I just, I thought I knew a lot about marriage. So I wanted to write a book about marriage. And I sat down to write that book about marriage, Elisha, and no words would come out. <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> I, I just, I couldn't, I didn't have anything to say. And, um, so, uh, I was talking to my husband about it and I was just, you know, like, Oh, I just, I know I'm supposed to sit down and write a book. I know this is my year to write a book, but I just, it's not happening. And my husband's like, well, why don't you write about body image? And I was like, are you crazy? I don't 
want to talk about that. Like that's private stuff. I'm not going to put that in a book for everyone to read. And, um, <laughs> and so I prayed about it and I sat down and thought, well, maybe I'll just, I'll see, I'll see what happens. And that book just poured out of me in a few months. Wow. And, um, and so what that led to was a journey of trying to get published, but alongside that, a journey of sharing my message, which was a message of God really showing me that the heart of my body and struggles through all of my years was idolatry. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. um, and so it was really me just writing my story and sharing my story with women all over the country. And then what happened was I started to hear from women all over the country who were saying, this is my story too. Yes, I have this problem too, but I didn't know how to get out. So thank you. You've you've helped me figure something out that I've been stuck in for, in some cases, 30, 40, 50 years, even some of the women I work with. And so really the book kind of launched the ministry. I would say I probably went into it thinking I'm just going to write a book and, and then I won't have to talk to anyone about this anymore. I'll just put it all on paper. (laughs) <laughs> we can be quiet about it. And of course, God had a different idea because I talk about it all the time now. <laughs> How wild is it that your husband was the one that came up with the idea about body image? Usually guys don't think like that. Well, so I had been doing, I had done two talks locally, a talk at my church and a talk at a local mops group where I had spoken on the topic and I thought it went well. And so he kind of had a frame of reference in that that was something I was working on personally and something I had spoken about just a little bit. But again, I was like, yeah, that's fine for this local audience. (laughs) But that's not what I'm going to put out into the world for everyone to know about. So uh, so he he did have a clue. (laughs) But Wow. Wow. Well, it sounds like you've got a keeper there. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'll keep them. So where do you, you know, the beginning of the year is a time where a lot of people are creating, you know, resolutions and wanting to make improvements with their health. So where do you see a difference between someone that's trying to make a change because of not liking their appearance versus making changes for health reasons? Yeah, you know, Alicia, this is where it gets really tricky, right? Because Sometimes the Bible tells us we don't even know our own hearts. And I feel like that's definitely true. And we forget that often, right? And so mm-hmm. sometimes I think we fool ourselves into thinking, you know, that we have one one motivation and it really requires us to go to God and just ask him, hey, is this really my motivation? <laughs> and so, so I'll just, you know, if I can fill that out a little bit more for you, um, I would have probably told you for most of the many of the decades that I struggled with body image, that my goal was just to be a really healthy person, um, that I just wanted to be in shape. And I feel like that happens a lot now. Like we don't, we know the word diet is a bad buzzword. And so we use the word health instead. And those are just kind of interchangeable terms that we use now because we don't want someone to criticize us for going on a diet. Right. But, mm-hmm. um, but I, I think, I think where the difference is, so we, we have to search our hearts. And then we have to kind of ask ourselves, why are we doing this? Um, right. Who is it to serve? Right. And so, right. you know, you you hear in a lot of Christian circles, especially we hear that our body is the temple, right? Our body mm-hmm. is the temple. And um, but I think what happens is if we see our body as a temple, 
and want that to mean that we're making your body something that deserves worship, then I think we're missing the point, right? Our body was created as a temple because a temple is used for worship. And so right. I think we have to search our hearts and say, and really, it's hard, but kind of candidly try to get to the answer of, okay, do I want this to bring more glory to myself or do I want this to bring more glory to God? And so, right. so that's, I think, one question we have to ask. And then the follow-up to that is, because the line's kind of fuzzy, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you can, mm-hmm. you know, you can, you can kind of ask yourself all these questions and still be like, what, what, where's that line? And so I think that's when we bring in from Matthew, um, the treasure principle, right? And the treasure principle is really talking about, um, where your heart is, uh, then, excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm spacing out a little bit today. It's been a long day for me. Um, Where your heart is, um, your treasure will be also. Yeah. Well, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. I'm sorry. I misspoke there. Hopefully your editor will get that out of there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let me just start that part again. So the treasure principle where your treasure is, your heart will be also. And so in the context of the book of Matthew, you know, we think about it in terms of money, right? Like where your, where your money goes, then your heart will be also. But as we think about body image and the pursuit of health, you know, I, I like to ask questions like, Hey, is it more important that you make it to your class at the gym than you make it to church? Cause if the mm-hmm. answer is yes, then I would say that your treasure is in the gym. <laughs> not mm. in your Christian community. Um, right. Is it more important that you buy all the expensive products and treatments and you spend all your money there, but you don't really have money to tie the church? Well, right. where's your treasure? And so it's 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 a tough question to ask. It might even just be about your thought life. And for me, that was a very real thing. Um, most of my thoughts were about how to change my body. And mm. there's a there's a quote that I absolutely love. It's from the 1600s. Um, but it's a quote. And he says, um, Oh, my goodness, it is gone. I am really struggling today, Elijah. I, I taught all day long. <laughs> I'm just, I am gone. Uh, the quote is, uh, Oh, I know, as a man thinks, whatever a man thinks, uh, excuse me. so is he? No, it's not that one. Oh. It's, it's your what you think? Okay, I got it. <sighs> Sorry, I'm glad you're editing this. <laughs> so, well, I am struggling. Um, it's okay. Someone, get me some sugar quick. Um, but so there's a quote from the 1600s, and I think it captures this perfectly. And the quote goes like this, what you think about in your solitude is your religion. And so for me, in my thought life, even though I would have told you that I believed in God and Jesus and I followed Jesus and I was a good church girl, all those things, what mm-hmm. I really thought about all of the time was how many calories did I eat? How, mm-hmm. you know, how much did I exercise to burn off those calories? What was I doing to change my body? What, what would my weight say tomorrow when I get back on the scale? And so that's a lot of different things to think about in terms of your question, but you know, God wants us to be healthy, of course, right? We can't pursue our purpose in him if we're unhealthy, right? So so there's right. definite benefits to health. God's not a God that's against us being healthy and making good choices for our health. 
But I think Mm -hmm. when our health becomes an idol, when it becomes something we pursue with more vigor than we pursue Jesus himself, then our treasure is misplaced. And, and, you know, we're, we're not, we're not, we're not chasing Jesus like we should. We're chasing something else. And that's an idol. You know, that's a really good point because um, the people that I work with, some people I work with deal with issues with weight, either they're, it's an eating disorder, anorexia, bulimia, if it's being overweight and just the idea of the whole body image and all the things that they're doing. And thankfully, our media is starting to um, point to, you know, body shaming, you know, and saying that that's not okay to do. But a lot of times when I'm talking with them, that's what they're thinking about, Heather. That's what they do when they're in their quiet, when they're sitting still, is thinking about food and how many calories they ate. Right. And what can I do to get the calories off? And it's almost like it's an obsession. It is. You know? Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's all consuming. And the women that I work with, I mean, that's, that's just kind of one of the things that almost all of them have in common is they're like, just help me turn this tape recorder in my head off. That is always about the food and the weight and the, you know, the size in my pants and all of those things. Mm -hmm. It's a real struggle. It is a real struggle. And and, and it's a process. It's not something that just happens overnight for quite a few people. No, absolutely not. I totally agree. You know, if it does happen overnight, then it's truly a situation of deliverance, you know. But even to get to that place, I think you get, you find yourself going through a journey to even get to that place so that you're ready for that deliverance, you know? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, I do, I believe that God can completely set us free from this. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I know that this is an area the enemy knows he can tempt women in. And so right. what I like to tell women is I'm free. Like I have freedom that I've never known before, but that doesn't mean I'm not tempted. That doesn't mean that the enemy doesn't know to throw diet pills in my uh, Facebook feed and tempt me with the quick (laughs) fix, right? Or or when I'm having a great day and I'm just like, oh, thank you, God. I've come so far in my body image uh, journey. Like, thank you so much for how far I've traveled in this journey. And then all of a sudden there's a new billboard that I pass on. My way to school and mm-hmm. it has a woman in a bikini on it. And I look at that and I'm like, oh, huh. <laughs> I kind of wish I looked like that. I guess I haven't come as far as I thought I had. Right. And and it's a temptation. And then so what I like to do is I like to help women deal with the temptation. Like acknowledge the fact that you are going to be tempted. The enemy is still going to come in. He's going to whisper in your ear. Oh, I bet if you got on that scale, you wouldn't be happy with the number. Oh. Mm-hmm you know, and then you get on the scale and what happens, you're not happy with the number, right? And then, and then that can start to spiral. And for me, that spiral would last for weeks and weeks and weeks until I found a new diet and started working out really hard until I basically burned myself out on that diet and the workout plan and then just go back to forget it. right? Because <laughs> that's kind of where we <laughs> land a lot of times is the, oh, forget it. Um, right. but, but now I feel like I have resources and I I feel like my freedom is in the fact that I have the resources and the, the knowledge (laughs) to fight back, to say, wait a second here, devil. No, no, no. 
no, my worth and my value are not determined by the number on that scale. So Mm. yes, the scale does say something about my weight. You know, the holidays were a good time. (laughs) But but it does not say anything about my value or my worth. And so, yes, maybe I need to eat a few less cookies. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) that statement could be true. But does that mean that I'm any less loved by anyone? that I'm any less valuable? Absolutely, it does not. And so just separating the truth from the lies, recognizing that enemy is going to be in your ear, but knowing how to answer him back, I think is really important. Right. Right. And one of the most powerful things I, well, Jesus, I mean, it's Jesus, so everything he did was powerful. But what stands out most to me is that he constantly told, in the desert, he constantly was telling um, Satan, it is written. Right. It is written. And so when you're leaning on his word, that's where the power is because the word of God is living and breathing. So the more you use it, the sharper that weapon becomes. Right. So the more you're leaning on him, the easier it becomes. But it's not an easy thing to work through, like what you were saying. Right. And, you know, Elisha, to your point, I, I love that point because let's just be real. If we spend 15 minutes in the word each day Mm -hmm. and then an hour and a half scrolling social media and maybe another hour on Netflix, there's no competition. The messages (laughs) from culture that are coming at us, you know, from every direction telling us that this is what, what makes a woman valuable is if she's hot and wears this size and looks like this, like that message is just boom, 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 hitting us in the face over and over again. And if you're combating two and a half hours of that with 15 minutes of God's word, you know, you're just, you're barely breaking even there. Right. But but what if you just don't read God's word at all? (laughs) You're stuck. You're stuck. I mean, and we try to, we, we try to fight unarmed (laughs) and we're going to lose if we try to fight unarmed. So we have to be in the word. We have to be memorizing scripture and we have to know what God says about us. And then beyond that, Right. Like if we want to believe that we're truly loved, like you can't believe you're truly loved by someone that you don't know and don't trust. Right. And the way we get to know God and get to trust his love for us is through reading his word and spending time, you know, in prayer. And so if we don't do those things, yeah, it's it's just it's a tougher battle that we're going to have, you know, losses in (laughs) daily because we're just unarmed. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I know that you do one-on-one coaching with people as well, with with women as well. Um, Do you have a story regarding someone that you've been able to, a fun story to share about their transformation? You know, I I have lots of stories of women who have just expressed to me that they're, they're surprised when we work together. Because most of what we talk about, and it's just like, you know, just like in counseling too, most of what you talk about isn't the actual issue that you're dealing with, right? Exactly, right. (laughs) So so most of what I am helping women understand is like the reality of idolatry and the reality of being ensnared in, you know, in believing that something will save you that's not Jesus. And so so we work through a lot of that in my personal training. But beyond that, I worked with a woman and she was an older woman. And, and you know, it, I think a lot of people, when they see my ministry, they assume that it's for, you know, women in their 20s and 30s. But a lot of the women that I work with 
are over 50, even over 60, um, because they've been struggling with these issues for so many years. And they've heard, they feel like they've heard all the Christian, quote unquote, Christian answers. And, and they, so they know they have the head, head knowledge. They know they're fearfully and wonderfully made. They know they're God's masterpiece. They know those scriptures, but they just still haven't been able to reconcile how those things match up with the fact that they've been, you know, on a diet on and off (laughs) for 40 years and still feel bad about the way they look, even though they fully expected by the, by the time they got to a certain age that they wouldn't care anymore. And so I work with a lot of those women and one of the women that I worked with um, part of my training at towards the end of the training is we talk about like the ways God has gifted you. What spiritual gifts do you have? Like, what are, mm-hmm. what are you good at? What's, you know, what, what are your strengths? And so, uh, we had a conversation and a preliminary conversation about this and, and Elisha, she really didn't know. She's mm-hmm. like, I don't, I think I took some of those tests when I was in my early thirties, but she had been home raising kids and she just, she's like, I don't know. I've kind of lost track of, of, what I am and who, you know, who I am and what I'm good at. And so I had her take pretty much every online test she could find on, on strength and, you know, and, and personality and, and spiritual gifts, of course. And what she found was that she had, um, she had a gift of mercy, but also she was just, she, she loved to serve. She was a natural mm. a servant. And so she started signing up for things at church and in her community that allowed her to serve. And it's amazing to see what happens. I mean, I think the freedom so often in our culture, we hear that we will be free when we just love ourselves. Like that the point we need to get to is just self-love. If you can just get to that point of self-love, then you're free. No, if you get to the point of self-love, then you're a narcissist, okay? (laughs) If you get to the point of self-love, all you're thinking about is how much you love yourself. But if you get to the point of self-forgetfulness, right? And that doesn't mean you don't care for yourself. Of course you care for yourself. But when your brain isn't consumed with you and you right. can use your temple to serve others, and right. it's amazing what God does, the joy that fills you when you're using gifts and you, you all of a sudden your body has a bigger purpose, right? You're right. like, wow, right. I was designed for this. Like, this makes me excited. Like I'm enjoying this. This is, this is life giving. And, and pretty soon it doesn't matter if you're wearing an extra 10 or 20 pounds. Pretty soon it doesn't matter if you don't look like a model on the cover of a magazine because you're, you're just living fully in the way God made you and doing what he made you to do. And so watching women come to that point, that, that's fun. That's powerful. Because, you know, the other thing I was thinking about when you were talking about that was this, a subject we never even talked about, but it is part of body image and that's ageism Mm -hmm. that's tied to body image. So if you're, you know, a look is, you know, a certain type of thing and it's not, and we try to maybe hide our wrinkles. We use creams to try to minimize our lines and things of that nature. So it, it doesn't surprise me that you have that age um, group that comes to you to assist you with that because of the messages that we get to say there's something wrong if you're getting older, right. you know? Right. And how you ridiculous know. is that, right? Yes. I mean, you don't have any other choice. You either die or you age. <laughs> like there's not some in between exactly. place where we can stand. <laughs> so, so it's, it's just, it's preposterous. 
And yes. that we would, you know, that we would even buy that as a society. It's preposterous. And yet, <laughs> I, you know, I'll just tell you firsthand. I, my grandmother just passed away this past September and oh, she was 93 years old. And she mm. was still using expensive wrinkled cream. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, she's 90 and we're like, really? Really? Right. <laughs> you just don't need this right. anymore. But, you know, the pressure's real, right? <laughs> or even the idea of um, a woman that has just had a child. Mm-hmm. Okay. She's not, I'm sorry, you are not going to become a size two again quickly. No. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a journey, you know, That's instead okay. of truly loving the body and the stretch marks and what you went through to carry that beautiful right. child and then feeling I have to hide this and I have to hide that right. because, but which are really part of what it is when you have a child, right. you know, what right. a powerful ministry. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. So, um, what advice would you give someone who feels like they're stuck? You know, that feels like, you know, they're always thinking, they're always trying to figure things out when it comes to food and they want to think differently. They want to be more healthy. I know you touched on idolatry. Mm-hmm. Um, what are, what, what advice would you give them to people who feel like they can't get out of thinking like this way? Yeah, I, I would first say to get help, right? If you need it, because I think there's, there's a difference between, um, obsessing over food all the time. And I mean, I, I'm a big fan of counseling. Okay. So I always say, go get counseling if you can, (laughs) because that's never going to (laughs) hurt. Um, but, but there's, there's a difference between being stuck in an eating disorder Yes. Um, and then being stuck obsessing over your body. Okay. So, so if you are in an eating disorder, I, I, you need, you need to go talk to a professional, go get some help. But if this has just been more of kind of like a body image obsession, like maybe, maybe some sort of mild body dysphoric disorder, you know, where you look Mm -hmm. in the mirror, maybe you don't see what's there. Like then I think what you need to do Mm -hmm. (laughs) is, is you got to stop and you got to ask yourself, what would looking different do for me? Mm. And, and just, and try to be real with yourself, right? Be, and it's a hard question to a, a answer. I don't know if I could have answered it accurately when I was in the middle of my struggle. But, but I tell you like now looking back, I can clearly say what I would have answered. So what would looking different have done for me? Well, I didn't get married until I was 31. So I was quite convinced through my 20s that if I look different, I would have a man. Mm. And that's a, that's a, that's something a lot of women wrestle, right? Or once you're married, if I look different, he would, he would treat me better. Maybe he'd stop looking at porn. Maybe he'd, you know, want, want to be intimate more often. Like there's all these things that we can attribute to, well, this is, this is because of how I look. Um, or, Maybe it's like in the workplace. If I look different, then people would respect me more. Maybe mm-hmm. it's just at school. If you're, you're a younger listener, like I'd have more friends, people would like me more. There's all these different things that we attribute to, to getting that look, to getting that better body. Right. Um, but, but then what I ask women to do is I ask them to take that next step in thinking about whether or not this is realistic. 
And one way I, I one way I demonstrate this, Elijah, is I have them think about those magazines that are in the checkout of the grocery store, mm-hmm. right? Those magazines with those pictures of those airbrushed perfect women on it, right? And right. we see those pictures <laughs> when we're checking out and, you know, I'm like throwing my M&Ms on the belt and I look at the picture of the woman in the bikini and I throw another bag of M&Ms on the belt, right? It's like, <laughs> you know, and, but, and, and we, we have the thoughts, right? Like, I wish I could look like that. I wish I looked like that in a bathing suit. Wow. How did she get those legs? Oh, wow. How does she get her arms like that? You know, and, and we know, we know that those aren't real pictures, but somehow it doesn't right. matter, right? Like we know that intellectually we're, we're smart enough to understand that they've been airbrushed. And yet we still think, hmm, if only I could look like that. But what we miss is in those headlines around those pictures. Because mm-hmm. what do those lines often say? They say things like, what happened when she almost ended it all? Or mm-hmm. her struggle with addiction? Or what happened when he cheated on her? Right. Mm-hmm. Like if we really look at these women that we set up as our ideals for, oh, if I just look like her, my life would be perfect. If you mm-hmm. look at their lives, their lives are not perfect. No, they're right? not. So mm-hmm. they have they have that very same thing that we believe is promising to give us a better life. They have it mm-hmm. and they don't have a better life. And so right. then I think we have to come back and we have to say, well, wait, wait, wait. What is this lie I'm believing? This lie I'm believing is really a lie that's telling me that if I look like this, everything would be, you know, happy, joyful, peaceful. Everyone would love me. But Mm -hmm. that's not really true. And, Mm -hmm. And the problem with that lie is it keeps us stuck on a treadmill, right? Because if that lie says, if you could just lose 10 pounds, oh boy, you would feel so much better. Everyone would love you. And so you lose the 10 pounds and then the lie says, oh, it's a shame you still haven't fixed your hair. You need to do something about your hair. If you could just do something like, oh, then you'd have it. And then you fix your hair, right? You got to maintain your 10 pound weight loss. And now you got to fix your hair. Mm -hmm. Oh, huh? that's too bad. You're still kind of flat chested. Maybe you should go get surgery for that. And then you go get the surgery for that. And I mean, it's one thing after another, it does not let you rest. You are never going to come to a point where you satisfy all of beauty's demands. And that's Mm. what we see in Hollywood over and over again, right? Well, the women that you see who've had too much surgery, they bought this lie, right? I mean, we're looking at them like, what did you do to your face? Why would you do that to your beautiful face? But they're believing a lie that says one more nip, one more tuck, one more nose job, and I'll be there. And, mm-hmm. and so, so that's what beauty, the lie of beauty does to us. And when we chase that beauty idol, that's what we're chasing. And so the cure for that, if you're listening and you're Christian, the cure for chasing an idol is, is confession because God promises to forgive us. And I think that it's good news that it's a sin we can confess. Right. Because otherwise it's just kind of a normal girl problem that we just have to have for the rest of our lives. Right. <laughs> right? It's actually it's a normal boy problem now too, unfortunately, but it's just kind of like, well, it's just a thing. I'm going to have to just have this thing because there's no way to fix this thing. But if mm-hmm. we can recognize that there's a root of sin in all this, then that's good news because there's a cure for sin. There's an antidote for sin. We can say, Hey God, forgive me. I've been chasing an idol. It's been lying to me. I've been believing it help me to turn back to you 
and he will forgive us and he will help us and he will help us turn back to him. And so I think there's great hope. If you're stuck, there is great, great hope. And, um, and I, I pray that, um, that you'll be on the course to find it soon. Amen. Amen. So, um, where can our listeners connect more with you? I love, I love connecting with people. You can connect with me through my website, which is compared to who.me. I do have a podcast called compared to who, and I'm on Instagram at compared to who <laughs> my first book about body image is called compared to who I think you're sensing a theme here I also have I have a new book that just came out in September that's called the burden of better which is about comparison just more broadly than just body image comparison it's about how we compare our homes and our relationships and our kids and all those things but um, but I love connecting with people and you can find me um, at compared to who.me or all the other places compared to who do you have a Facebook page too? I do. I am. I'm drifting away from Facebook, so that's why I didn't mention it. But I do have a Facebook page compared to who? Okay. Okay. Well, thank you for coming. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. This will not be our first time doing this. We will do um, um, more than likely. Maybe we'll do a series or something of that nature. So thank you for joining us. And sure to my audience, I tell you. Walk in freedom, be free. And um, I look forward to um, talking with you more, Heather. Thank you so much. Sounds good, Alicia. Thank you. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to Elisha's Space. If you're interested in learning more about Heather and her ministry, check out her website at www.comparedtowho.me. If you like what you're hearing, I encourage you to subscribe to the show so you can hear all the other great upcoming episodes that are coming in the next few weeks. We look forward to connecting with you again on Elisha Space.